I'm Marianne Kolbesak McGee, Executive Editor at Information Security Media Group. Today I'm speaking with Van Steele, leader of the healthcare information security practice at consulting firm LBMC Information Security. So, Van, the Department of Health and Human Services recently issued new guidance explaining how its Office for Civil Rights will consider in its HIPAA enforcement decisions the so-called recognized security practices that covered entities and business associates have implemented in the 12 months prior to a HIPAA breach or violation. HHS OCR says that among the recognized security practices that it will consider are those pertaining to the National Institute of Standards and Technologies Cybersecurity Framework, Practices of Section 405D of the Cybersecurity Act of 2015, and quote others. Based on what you see, what types of recognized security practices do many healthcare entities and their business associates tend to focus on implementing? And which kinds of security practices do they tend to struggle with and why? Yeah, Marianne, I thought it was interesting when they put this guidance out, as you you may have watched the video Mr. Heaster's recorded uh, regarding this. And, and although OCR will consider the RSP implementation, note that they did indicate there is no liability for non-participation and it should not influence their fines or penalties as a result, which I thought was an interesting ad. That might not always be the case. Regarding the recognized security practices that we most typically see where organizations have problems, they tend to focus on more of the technical controls, endpoint security, network security, monitoring. They maybe do it in-house or they or they hire a third-party firm to support them there. But oftentimes where they fail are the kind of the human elements, cybersecurity awareness, training, uh, training that is modified based on uh, user performance and real life situations that have occurred within their organization. If you look at the threat landscape out there, most malware, ransomware, things like that that we're seeing are typically invited in through through users and uh, organizations are not really spending enough time in that area. So then, with that said, even for the more cyber mature healthcare entities, where are they struggling when it comes to cybersecurity these days? And also when it pertains to some of these practices, if you start digging around. The security awareness thing just becomes uh, more significant when you get to a larger population of employees, which typically is a, is a more mature organization. So that certainly still is the case. But I would say that the more mature organizations, they might have really well-defined policies and procedures and technical controls in place, but they're not necessarily exercising their incident response plan as much as they should. Some organizations aren't testing those plans at all. Some of those plans were not built out in that considered all of the critical elements within a, within a hospital system or healthcare setting. And some are recognizing that okay, we had an incident partway through the year, we were able to manage and muddle our way through it. Therefore, that satisfies our requirement to to test that plan. So they feel like they've tested it on the battlefield, therefore they are good and kind of call it quits there. Adequate testing of incident response plans continues to be a major concern and what we see as a a big issue at organizations uh, in healthcare space. 
So then going back to the HHS OCR recognized security practices, as I mentioned earlier, HHS OCR says that it will consider the NIST cybersecurity framework and practices in Section 405D of the Cybersecurity Act of 2015, but then also, quote, other recognized security practices. When it comes to those other practices, what other practices do you see entities implement that might not fall under NIST, it might not fall under 405D, but it could be considered sort of legit or as OCR says, recognized or proclamated by statute or regulation? I would say that this exists more in the business associate realm, Uh, not necessarily at covered entities that are providing care to patients, but the business associates who still are regulated entities. Various requirements like ISO 27001, the SOC 2 requirements, those, you know, adhering to those frameworks could probably and would probably be accepted as RSPs by the OCR. It's yet to be seen, though, because they don't do a great job of defining that. But in our estimation, we believe that those those are just two examples. Maybe an organization is also subject to CMMC, which is still in its infancy. But if it is, then there's an expectation that those DOD standards, CMMC, would, would, would address this as well. So it's yet to be seen as a safe bet, I would stick with NIST CSF or the 405D requirements. And Van, you had mentioned earlier about the incident response and HHS OCR also issued guidance recently emphasizing the importance for covered entities and business associates having solid, updated incident response plans and to test and rehearse those plans. And you say, you know, you also see organizations kind of falling short in that area. As we look at some of the ransomware attacks we that we've seen and data exfiltration attacks and, you know, other sorts of disruptive incidents, are there any surprising lessons that you see emerging from those cases that, healthcare entities and their business associates should be paying closer attention to that might help if they're the next victim in terms of recovering from ransomware or other sorts of incidents? Typically, Marianne, a well-defined continuity plan or incident response plan starts with the security team interviewing the business and the practitioners about what is critical to, to conducting their job. What I see is that that communication is broken down in some cases, right? And you have not really considered what the ramifications are of an incident on a particular application or platform or technology that you're using. So that criticality discussion and saying, you know, this machine needs to be run, needs to be running 24 hours a day, seven days a week, or cannot go down for an extensive period of time. Otherwise, patient care is at risk. That's not happening enough, and we're not really digging into what are the critical assets and information systems within our organization, and they're not included in the test plans and the incident response plans. I think that's what surprises most. It doesn't surprise many of us in the information security realm, but it does surprise organizations that they simply cannot care for patients during an outage because they are so dependent on this medical device or this scope or something like that that runs on the network. That's one of the bigger things that we see out there right now. When it comes to devices that are on the network, are there certain connected devices, internet of things that might not necessarily fit into the medical device arena 
Maybe it's part of the infrastructure, maybe it's an HVAC, maybe it's other things that aren't traditional IT that organizations also are not accounting for when it comes to potential attacks and how it might affect their organizations. When we talk about overall vulnerability management, you know, and patching of the devices in your environment, obviously there are those that are FDA governed and you can't get in and, and patch a medical device. But that's just a kind of skimming the surface. That's just medical devices, which again, should be isolated on their own VLAN so they can't connect to the, the rest of the environment, can't get connected to in case of a, some kind of malware. But there's so much connected technology in any business right now. And updates to firmware are necessary to patch for, for various things that are out there. Um, we're talking about like you said, HVAC, any kind of temperature monitors, things like that within a hospital, lighting systems, smart televisions, door locks, things like that. Everything within an organization is all connected these days. The first thing you should do is make sure that those are isolated in a separate environment so that they are not communicating on a regular basis with the rest of your network, if, if you are allowed to do that or if you're able to do that. And then the second thing is scan for vulnerabilities on the firmware of those devices. It might be that you have to call in a vendor for doing this. It might be that you have to have a vendor that actually patches it, but you need to know what exists in within your environment and then be scanning it on a regular basis to understand any vulnerabilities. And finally, Van, any predictions for what 2023 might bring in terms of healthcare cybersecurity issues that entities need to be ready to face? I would tell you that it's going to be more of the same. And it has been more of the same for the last dozen years or so, right? There will be new viruses. There will be new uh, ransomware attacks and things like that out there. Those are always constantly changing and getting smarter. But the, the fundamentals of cybersecurity really haven't changed. So it's just always be scanning your environment, always understand your environment, and be prepared to respond in the, in the event of an incident. Well, thank you so much, Van. I've been speaking to Van Steele. I'm Marianne Kolbesak-McGee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for joining us.